Hi, happy Easter. How's everyone going through the Easter holidays? Has everyone still got their sanity? Or has everyone just eaten like way too much chocolate? Or have your kids eaten way too much chocolate and you're really suffering the consequences? That was me last night. I think kids around Easter are basically like gizmo. Let them have a cream egg any time after about 2pm and you're going to end up with like an utter gremlin horror come night time. Our bedtime last night was 9.30 due to a delightful cream egg. Thanks for that nursery. Welcome back again. Happy Easter. I hope everyone's got their lovely Easter centerpieces and you've taken time to dye Easter eggs and all this other stuff that's around the place. I do love Easter. But I must admit, I never quite get round to doing some fantabulous um, tablescape. It just all seems a little bit too brief for that effort. But having said that, I do have some wonderfully painted eggs by my little girl that's, that are mostly black, strangely enough. So I don't know what that says about her Easter spirit. But it's just a quick one today because, in all honesty, I'm not feeling that great, to be fair. I'm not sure why. Um, feeling a little bit low on energy and talking's making me feel a bit rough but I didn't want to leave you guys high and dry as always so I wanted to make sure I got something out for you and I think you're going to like today's podcast episode subject the subject is mistakes I see people making in their living rooms There there are a few and I see them time and time again mostly They can be put into two categories, either balance or size. I'm going to go through them in just a minute. Before that, I wanted to just say thank you to you lovely people that joined me on our floor plan workshop last week. I had a few messages saying that it would be really helpful if there was one out of working hours. And because we like to give you guys what you ask for, we are going to do one out of working hours on the 20th of this month. It's going to be at 7pm. So if you missed the last one or you couldn't get time off, um, etc. 7pm, the 20th, it is a Thursday. Stick it in your diary. There'll be a link in the show notes and you'll find links everywhere else across the social shortly. Uh, first announcement here. So we're going to go through floor plans, a bit of space planning. uh, And if there's any other specific questions, you can also ask them on the call. So what it will do is it will give you a really good guide of things to think about if you're going through a floor plan right now, things that people often don't think about, and how to implement these items and just and make sure that your floor plan has been thoroughly thought out before you tell the builders it's time to break ground. The aim is that we can really think through your floor plan, how it's working for you, and I'm going to go through the items that I see being missed the most and that I often find people don't think about. And the things we generally bring up when we have people coming to us as it is a service that we offer to really look through floor plans after your architect has given them to you or if you're just trying to work it out yourself. So without further ado, can you guess the first thing that I'm going to come up with with regards to living rooms? Hmm? I find most living rooms are lacking a space for husband's socks. I don't know if anyone else has this problem. 
there should be a space. I don't know why husbands feel that it's a great place to take their socks off the living room and just like leave them somewhere. I have a basket by the side of the sofa where my husband plants his ass every night and makes a really nice dent in our sofa. They all make dents too. I'm going to go off this subject in a minute, but you know, can you tell? I'm, can you tell this frustrates me? Obviously, he doesn't use the basket to put his socks in. Of course he doesn't. He shoves them down the side. But aside from that, aside from that, the biggest mistake that I see people making is going too small. Even if you have a small living room, don't go small on all your items. And by all the items, I'm talking about your rug, your coffee table or ottoman, your sofa, your artwork, your lamps, and your ceiling lamps. So I'm going to go into these bit by bit. The other one I mentioned is balance. We'll get onto that as we as we go through. So sizes. If you have a little tiny rug in the middle of your sofas and chairs that's sort of floating, um, get rid of it. Here's the best advice I can give you and get something bigger. If you want to just make it bigger and you want to keep your rug, you can find some sort of really nice natural uh, jute option to go under create a bit of a frame and make that rug a bit bigger but nine times out of ten it's probably too small to do that so get rid of it get a new one give that little one a new home in I don't know like a bathroom or a small entryway or maybe let it create a little sort of space in a kid's room but it's probably too small for your living room so it needs to go your rug needs to accommodate the, the front legs of the furniture that sits around it. So the job of a rug is to unify the pieces of furniture in your room. It is not to be hidden under your sofa against your wall where no one will see 50% of it. And it's not to be placed directly below a coffee table where... Again, it's just kind of covered up and there's no benefit to it whatsoever when it comes to actual use, other than maybe making sure your coffee table's feet don't get cold. If you imagine your pieces of furniture, your coffee tables, your sofas, your chairs, if you imagine them all having a conversation, much like the people sitting in them would be, the rug should be giving them all a nice little arms over the shoulders, huddle, chat. That's the kind of feeling the rug should create, should bring everything together. And if it floats in the middle of the room, you're just leaving your furniture to float and then you're adding a floating rug, like a sort of magic carpet in the middle. It doesn't do anyone any favours. It also doesn't even provide a nice, soft, warmer place for your feet to go when you're sitting on sofas and things. So... It's just making your coffee table comfortable, which isn't 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 worth it. From the rug, we go to the coffee table again. I so often see these so small, or like just a tiny little footstool that matches the sofa, which is a little bit lackluster, really. Or in some cases, just like just that little footstool with no coffee table central sort of peace at all which to me it almost makes you feel like if you're sitting on the sofa with nothing in front of you just a wide 
cavern in front of you before the TV, it sort of just makes you feel like you're about to fall off a precipice. It's it's somewhat uncomfortable and unsettling to have that space just open. And again, it doesn't really, it's not really helpful. If you want a footstool, great, but have it to one side until you use it as sort of extra seating. But make sure you have a decent sized coffee table or ottoman as well. You want your coffee tables, ottomans, about at least 50% the width of your sofa, really. Two thirds even, uh, depending on how big your room is, depending on what your sofa is. If you've got an L-shaped sofa, you want that coffee table to be round to break up those straight lines a little bit. And if you've got a traditional two-seater, three-seater, four-seater straight sofa, then obviously rectangle slash square, again, depending on your size of your room and your sofa. And then you want to pair that with more rounded side tables. So it's all about balance. If you've got the rounded side tables and the straighter sofas, then you've got the square lines of the ottoman or the coffee table. If you've got the very angular square-like L-shaped sofa and you've maybe got some rectangle side tables, then go for something more circular or more organic in the middle. You could have a couple of those round nesting tables, like I'm kind of over them, I don't see the point. The lower ones never get pulled out and used. But if you like that kind of thing, if you like something a bit more modern, you could look at that to break up the space a bit there. So we're pairing straight lines with curved, more organic lines and having the mixture of that. It's almost a mixture of masculine and feminine and hard and soft and natural and man-made. It's this balance that goes on in any room that makes something feel firstly considered and secondly kind of comfortable to be in because you're not being um, bombarded with just one type of visual element. There's more going on there. Of course, if you keep everything very straight, you're going into a very masculine, cold vibe. And if you keep everything very wiggly and organic and um, rounded, you're going into more of a feminine and maybe even more of a sort of maximalist sort of vibe because there's a lot of lines going on there, a lot of different things going on. So coming somewhere in the middle is generally the happy medium for most. Also... When it comes to balance, what I see a lot is people have gone for all the same kind of chair slash sofa. Not so much in a three-piece suite situation. Not so much like those sofa shops that you see down some strange roads that always have a big sale on and have strange things in the windows. And literally, I do not understand how they keep in business or who buys from them. But I'm guessing it's the kind of thing you could buy from one of these shops where... The sofa matches the chair and the chair like has one of these pull out things to put your feet up on. We're not in the retirement home yet. That's not what we want. And even if you've had it handed down to you from someone and they're really good quality because they weren't bought from that shop on the high street that looks like a dodgy front for something else. They were actually handed down by maybe grandparents or something and they bought them some time ago when... People generally put a lot more effort into how things were made. Get them reupholstered, or at least get one of them reupholstered or recovered or get a slip for it. Just create some difference there. That's on a colour fabric front. But going back to the main point I want to make is, again, with balance, if 
you go to sofa.com or loaf or something like that and you choose a seat like a love seat or a occasional chair and let's say you choose a sofa um and it's from the same range but you get different colors that's sort of half the way there the other thing you need to balance with pieces of furniture in your living room to make it not feel on edge is visual weights so something that's like a sort of slim table with skinny legs or like one of these glass tables with you know slim metal legs let's say that wouldn't give off much weight in the space you can see through it easily um the the legs are slim it doesn't take up much space it it looks sort of more light versus let's say a really heavy chunky sofa that goes all the way to the ground you don't see any legs that would have a very heavy visual weight in the room it would block out a lot of space um it would look and most likely would be very heavy um and this is what you want to mix up so a good rule to do this is if you've got one sofa slash chair that's on legs, you can see under it, see through it, um, get another somewhere else that is more chunky and has either a much shorter leg or no legs at all. If you've got, um, for example, a side chair that's a bit harder, maybe it's got... um, Maybe it's got a bit of rattan in it. Maybe it's mostly wood and the seat is upholstered. Then go for a heavier, chunkier, squidgier sofa to go with it. For example, if you've got quite a upright, um, smart sofa on legs, maybe something a little bit more traditional, then try and mix it up a little bit with a more squidgy, podgy, heavier set chair. And that's going to just bring bring a balance to a space you don't want everything feeling like it's on wobbly wobbly tender legs it just makes a room like I say feel a little bit on edge um similarly you don't want everything being really heavy really chunky because that's just going to weigh the room down and uh, things are going to start to look and feel too too big and and too yeah it's just not going to create a nice vibe and we're all about creating the nice vibes because you know what do we do in these living rooms we sit we chat we spend our evenings there we spend our off time there and god how important is off time you want that time to feel the, these these visual references whether we realize them or not and whether they are partially subconscious or not they do affect our moods much like color form do you know there's a reason why we go and look at certain things in the world What we see visually does affect us, whether it's an enormous waterfall on the Grand Canyon or a well-put-together room. And I'm guessing if you're here listening to this podcast, you appreciate a well-put-together room. So that's on my balance. Going back to size, as well as the small coffee tables, as well as the small rugs, what I see a lot are small lamps and small cushions. Go a bit bigger on your lamps. Even if your room is small, at least have one big table and one decent floor lamp. And again, think about the balance. Also think about where that light's going to fall and where you're sitting. So if you've got some small table lamp and the light's coming out the top, below your eye level, that's not going to be comfortable. That's why they need to be bigger so that the lampshade is going to soften any of that light coming out around your eye level and make sure it 
the main amount comes out either below or above. That's why the size is important there for big practicality reasons, but also obviously visual reasons. It is nice to have a large lamp. It just fits and works. And I would say really avoid anything in a living room that doesn't have some sort of lampshade around it. So if it's just, you know, one of these sort of oldie worldy bulbs, um, one of these fittings, you just put a an attractive looking bulb in. Don't get one of them for your living room. They're too harsh. You can get some standalone lamps that are like this as well. Again, they came in a little while ago. They're not so in now. But if you've still got one, maybe re place it somewhere else because it's just not pleasant to have that direct light in your eyes if you want a bit more of an ambience in a room. If there's a lot of things on legs in the room, try and get your floor lamp to be a little bit more substantial and not too um, kind of thin and spiky and tall. Try, try and bring a bit of the weight in through that lampshade on the tall lamp or what, what happens at the top of it get it to take up some space similarly with your table lamp if you want to create a cozy vibe even if your space is really modern you can do that 100% with lighting and if you're putting in a lot of lamps and you're at the beginning of your project then have a little think about putting in some three amp plug sockets because then if you use them they can be linked up to a light switch and you can just turn on all your lamps at the same time with your light with your light switch as you come in the door and if your mind isn't blown by that, I don't know how else I can help you. So on, on that point, actually, again, sockets, buy tables. If, if you're going to be sitting on the sofa with a phone, with a laptop, etc., make sure you've got enough sockets there. I often see so many extension leads um, going all over the place to charge stuff or to allow you to kind of use phones and things like that in the evening when it runs out of battery. If you're at the planning stage... Think nearby your tables in your seating spaces and make sure you've got enough plug sockets there for the items that you want to use. One for your lamp, one for your phone, or get the sockets with USBs. Obviously, that's probably easier as well. And if you were being really clever, you could just constantly have one of those wireless charging jobbies in with the USB and then you would have a spare plug socket and the other plug socket could be for a lamp. Happy days. Small artwork, I'm not even going to massively get into it. I've done a big podcast on artwork. Please don't put tiny little small bits of artwork above your sofa or just, I don't know, randomly, wherever. Just don't be scared to go bigger. Small doesn't really help anything. In it. Like, things need to take up space to give a presence. And even if you've got a small room, nine times out of ten, having some larger items in there is going to make that space actually feel bigger. The less furniture we have in a place doesn't make a room necessarily feel bigger. If anything, it kind of highlights the smallness of it. So do use your space. I, I see a lot of sofas being pushed to walls with a massive gap in between the sofa seat. And if this is you, like, raise your hand. I'm going to help you now. But don't put the space in between where your legs are and where the ottoman or coffee table is. That you don't need space there. Well, you don't need space behind you either, but it's much more comfortable to be able to lean forward to an ottoman or to a coffee table and put your cup down or pick it up again. If it's an ottoman, you can put your feet up on it. 
you should be able to put your feet up on it and you should be able to comfortably put a drink down and pick a drink back up off of it. And if that's not the case, either bring your sofas forward away from the wall and towards your coffee table slash ottoman. Or if it's not a sort of U-shape setup, take your ottoman towards your sofa. Don't have it just floating in the middle of the room. It needs to have a home. Things need to belong to things in order to feel more cohesive. So just get, get that furniture to make friends. And don't forget about generally coffee tables and side tables. Again, I see a lot of sofas with no side tables and that's annoying. Like, where do you put your cup of tea? And don't tell me you put it on the ground because no. Well, especially not if you've got a clumsy husband or children around you or animals in, in that case. Like, or your glass of wine. No, do not put that on the floor. <laughs> no. Like, why? You're in your house. You want to be comfortable. You have the option to put anything wherever you want. Give yourself a side table. You're better than drinks on the floor. Lovely side table with a lovely lamp and you put that glass of wine there or that gin and tonic there and that just is living, is it not, ladies and gentlemen? So don't forget your side tables. Life is about being comfortable if you can possibly make it happen in any given situation. Don't make your living rooms uncomfortable. Make them comfortable. That... If you need more seating space, either don't forget your bay window. Again, I see a lot of bay windows being underutilised in especially a lot of these Victorian properties. You can put things in front of windows and you don't have to push them right up against them. So you can still have curtains behind them. You can still have shutters behind them. You, sh- you can still have a blind behind them. You can pull them forward or, or don't. You can still have rad behind it if you've got a rad in that space. You can utilise that space for a chair. So either a love seat works great there, an occasional chair, a little two-seater sofa. And if you need to pull it out quite far, put a little console table behind it. It's lovely. You can put some flowers on it, some bits and bobs, and then you've got the sofa in front or the chair in front. Bob's your uncle. So if you need more seating, and, and when it comes to seating as well, again, this is something that we go through with our clients a lot, is, you know, how many people does the house sleep and how many people do you often find around because that's how much seating you need ideally if if you have people around a lot you have a large family get get as much seating in there as you can don't be bringing um chairs in or or finding that everyone's piled on on top of each other you can get sort of poofs to sit on you can get upholstered stools to sit on that can go under maybe a console table when they're not being used and get that extra little love seat or occasional chair what have you get that in because also it just makes a room look more more lived in and again going back to this conversation about the the furniture sort of having conversations it's a it's a gathering space you know I know that we all just use it to watch tv and stare at phone screens at the same time but ideally you know come on let's try and live in hope and think about people actually sitting around and having having chats in these rooms and when it comes to tvs as well tvs above fireplaces that are too high tank shut up tank has real issue with tvs above fireplaces that are too high don't you tank if you really want to put your tv above a fireplace and don't get me wrong it's something that we do a lot especially with the Samsung frames. 
If you want to put your TV above your fireplace, you've got to make sure it's not too high. And if your fireplace is too high and you're going to be straining your head up to watch that TV, A, it's not pleasant. But B, there is something you can do. You can get a lower fireplace. It's something we've done a few times is get a slightly lower, wider fireplace custom that will bring the mantle down, that will give a bit more room and be able to drop the TV down so that it's more comfortable to watch. Obviously, all this is very much down to preference. It's always good to have a sit. Again, if you're in earlier stages and you're still placing this stuff out, have a sit. Work out what's comfortable with your eye level and imagine that TV where you're going to put it and just see if that is in fact comfortable. Because the other thing as well, that if you have your TV up high, it's going to mess up with your light, light fitting as well. And onto light fittings, again, don't go small. Have something decent in there. Have something that's a bit of a focal point. Try and create focal points that aren't the TV so that when the TV isn't on, you notice it less. And, and give some sort of excitement to the room. Let's not do these boring, boring living rooms with sort of you've picked one colour and it's repeated and you've got a sofa and a footstool and, and a matching chair with a floating rug. Don't do it. And on to colour. I see often as well one colour being chosen. If you've got things like leather sofas, then it generally seems like your chosen colour is a really dodgy brown or beige. And if you don't, then people often, funnily enough, people often choose blue and then they'll have a blue rug. And then they'll have blue cushions and it'll all be this flat blue. There won't be any pattern. There won't be any texture. It'll just be like a Smurf house. And I don't think like that's a good look, personally. Apologies again if I'm offending anyone here. But you can choose blue. That's cool. But you've got to mix it up a bit. So don't have, and this comes to fabric as well, don't have a velvet sofa and a velvet chair and a velvet footstool and a velvet ottoman and velvet cushions. You've got to, again, balance. You've got to mix it up. Choose blue, cool. There's a lot of different tones of blue that work together in such a nice way. You know, you can have a really dark blue. Then you can have this sort of washed out kind of denim blue. Then you can have a bit more of a muddy blue. And you can have some pattern in there that is, again, essentially blue, maybe with some sort of ecru background or something like that or then you can have a a texture in there that's a woven fabric but mostly woven from blue but there's a couple of other colors in there so you can go all blue just ensure that you switch it up within that blue tonal range or, or pattern range or texture range and mix and max your fabrics a bit obviously keeping in mind what goes on in your living room if it's full of dogs and cats and um, animals, children um, and husbands, then get things that are hard wearing. You know, maybe it's not the type of time of life yet to get a silk sofa. I remember we were doing a project and a lady had these beautiful silk sofas and they were actually the bane of her life. They were stunning, but no one was ever allowed to sit on them. And when guests came round, she was, she was almost a nervous wreck when anyone had a glass of red wine and I remember that we were talking with a cleaner that used to come in regularly and spot clean them professionally and oh the cleaning didn't work one day and it was just it's just not worth it anyway 
So do think about your lifestyle when you're picking fabrics. Obviously, a lot of places now do this wonderful stain guard and stuff. Slip covers are a great idea because they can be taken off and washed. And you can have a couple in different colours even. So you don't even have to commit. You could have a really cool pattern that you might not want to see all the time. But then you have a plain one as well, you know. Don't be scared to try a few of these things. Just just try it, you know. And, and a great place to try actually with the different fabrics and different patterns and things like that are on your lampshades and on your cushions. Don't forget you can get cushions made from whatever fabric you want. And if you want to get particularly crafty, it's not hard to make a cushion. Even if you sewed it by hand, you know, it wouldn't actually be that hard to make a cushion. Sewing machine would be preferable. And make sure, again, your cushions aren't too small. And please, please make sure they've got feather in them. I don't know how environmentally friendly it is to say that nowadays, but um, I should probably do some more research into the sustainability of feather because I have a feeling surely it's got to be an issue, no? But foam pillows are just... Nothing's going to look good with a foam insert in. <clears throat> and there's some really great modern equivalents that are like feather nowadays. So, you know, if you want to be more comfortable about that, have a little look into those. But please don't get foam cushion inserts. They just... They're horrible. They're horrible. They're horrible to sit on. They don't look relaxed. They just look like something in a kid's dorm. And they don't do your cushion covers any justice whatsoever. You want a bit of movement and a bit of relaxedness to your cushions to make them look inviting. And get a few. Please don't get the sofa cushions that match the sofa. Don't do that. You're going into Smurf Blue territory. Have, have your cushions as your opportunity to make a difference in the room. And that will no doubt look lovely. I think that's everything I have to say. They are the main mistakes that I see. And if you have been making any of them, don't beat yourself up about it. Half the time we don't see these things until we do see these things. And they're all fairly easy things to fix. Again... If your living room isn't looking that cohesive, that's because you need some repetition in there of colour, of texture, general element shapes. And you can pick out what you have most of and then just add a bit more to it, or what you like the most, and then just add a bit more of that. And that's going to create cohesiveness if that's in a colour or if that's, I don't know, a certain type of ornament, let's say. <coughs> <coughs> That's going to tie it together. If you often get things out and about and you love it in the position that you see it in when it's been styled up and you get it home and then it just doesn't work for you. It's a bit like a wardrobe, you know. It needs to all speak to each other, work together rather than work in isolation. And you need a common thread. If you want to know a bit more about common threads, take a look at my Red Thread podcast and that should hopefully help a little bit and finally if you've got some item that's just not working put it somewhere else or donate it or sell it just get rid we hold on to too many things that don't work for us and then it keeps holding the space back someone else I guess I'm sure will love it you know what's one man's irritating interior design item is another man slash woman's perfect piece so get it on that Facebook marketplace, donate it somewhere or, or find a space for it in another room where it works or maybe 
repaint it, reupholster it, give it a new lease of life, but don't have items sitting there that constantly grate on you. No matter what the emotional value, find a different space for it. If you have to keep it, find a different space for it or switch it up a bit. And I think that's what I'm going to leave you with. If there are any specific living room questions, I know a lot of people have like long living rooms as well. So I'm going to try and do something on that. But I think it's a bit difficult on a, on a podcast without using visual references. But I know a lot of people kind of suffer with the whole um, slightly longer living room. And for that, I would say don't be afraid to see the backs of sofas or the backs of chairs to break up a space. You can put obstacles in the way of walking through a room, provided there is a comfortable way to walk through. It doesn't have to be a straight line. In fact, it's much better if if it isn't a straight line. If... You're listening to this and you're going to go and switch your living room up now. Send me a before and after. And if you know someone that's doing any of these things that needs like a little nudge in the right direction, feel free to share this podcast and tag us. We love that. Makes us really excited. Or just send it to them as a link, you know. And similarly, if this has been helpful to you, we always love a little star rating or a review. And if you're listening to this and you are currently noting it all down because you're doing some sort of floor plan or something, then sign up to our floor plan workshop on the 20th. I would love to chat to you there. And I also wanted to let you know, I've never actually talked about it on here, but we do release design sessions each month. There's only four each month because we've got quite a lot of projects on at the minute. I'm quite busy, but we do have design sessions that are two hours And they can be done over Zoom or they can be done in person if you're in London or in the London side of Kent, where you can literally ask anything you like. We can go through colour schemes, we can go through layout, you can show me whatever pain points you have and it's one-on-one and we get through a lot of stuff and it's really cool actually, I really enjoy them. There's a few available each month, it's the beginning of the month, we've just released them One's gone already, but there are a couple left. So if you're interested in that, again, um, drop us a line. I'll put an email in the show notes if you want to get in touch about that as well. But obviously, you can also get in touch on any of our socials too to find out a bit more about that if you're interested. And other than that, don't get into a chocolate coma. Good luck with your children and the e-numbers over the Easter break. And we will see you again next week. You can say hi to me in the meantime on our Facebook group, Ain't Nobody Like a Homebody, or on the Instagram, Studio LFF, and I will speak to you all again soon. Bye.